How's it? Welcome to another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here, Travis Krins, my good friend, alongside me here. And uh, Krins, March Madness is in full swing. Uh, we will not get into the March Madness, though, right away. We have some South Dakota madness to get into. Uh, and no, I'm not talking about the Lady Jackrabbits, but we will touch on them here in just a moment. Uh, what? Lady Jackrabbits. The Lady Jackrabbits, yeah, South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Um, okay. Well, I didn't I didn't mean, like, South Dakota. I wasn't calling them South Dakota Jackrabbits. I'm just saying we have... Anyway, all that being said, South Dakota State Jackrabbits may have a new men's head basketball coach uh, opening coming up here because there is rumor out there that uh, T.J. Otzelberger... Is going to be the next head coach of UNLV. He is reportedly a finalist. Uh, the uh, the Rebels fired that uh, Menzies guy who used to coach at New Mexico State, and he'd been at UNLV for four years, and now uh, they are reportedly zoning in on Otzelberger. So by the time this podcast is uploaded, UNLV may have uh, T.J. Otzelberger as the head coach. Um, your thoughts? Please take him. I will pay you to take him, please. Please hire our coach away, our coach that can't coach defense and who can't hang on to players and who can't beat an eight seed in, in, the, in the Summit League, the fifth worst conference in, in the sport this year. Please take this man. Please. What? I beg of you. Running take re- this man with him. Running Rebel. Uh, Twitter handle at Joseph G30, capital J, capital G, said breaking slash sources tell me that TJ Otzelberger will be the next head coach of UNLV basketball will be made official by the end of the week. Now I don't know what this guy's. Uh, this is Running Rebel at Joseph G30. Um, at Joseph G. Yep, I'm guessing that he is, um... Is he this bald, uh, hairy gentleman in this photo? (laughs) It could be. I don't know if I can take this, uh, with a green... Yeah, who who the hell is this guy? I I don't know. Uh, so, I I can't, uh, I don't know how credible this guy is. But, I mean, the fact that Otzelberger has, what, blocked his Twitter account or shut it down... Essentially, uh, what a coward! What a coward! Jesus Christ! I mean, T, uh, Matt Zimmer uh, is—you know—he tweeted out that uh, TJ was rumored to be a finalist. Uh, he deactivated his Twitter account for what it's worth. Um, yeah, so I, honest, obviously, that's where it's pointed to. Um, the the big loss in all of this would be if David Jenkins follows him. I uh, hope that would not be the case, but it would make some sense given that Jenkins is from Tacoma, Las Vegas, be closer to Tacoma, Washington. But... Do you want to sit out of here? I don't know. I don't know. I would, I would hope he would stay. It's not like UNLV is any good. Do you want to go there and do nothing or you want to stay here and become the second leading scorer of all time? Uh, be the player of the year two times, uh, get back to the tournament. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to go with shithead to Las Vegas to not do a goddamn thing? I don't know. I, I don't of know. Course. I, I don't know. The, the thing that I can hope for is that 
If Otzelberger leaves, I would hope that the next head coach of the Jackrabbits can coach defense. And I don't know, is that Tim Miles' specialty? Because Tim Miles just got canned at the University of Nebraska, and people immediately, immediately are connecting the dots and uh, essentially saying Tim Miles to Brookings, even though, A, TJ has not accepted the head coaching job yet, and, B, we don't even know Tim Miles' uh, interest in the potential South Dakota State opening. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's the best guy out there. It's the most reasonable choice. It's the best choice. Fred Hoiberg yeah, is the it, best candidate out there, in my opinion. Well, he's not coming. Realistic candidate yeah, as well. Okay. Um, he's, he's probably going to Nebraska. Fred Hoiberg's not coming. He's not coming to Brookings. Um, again, if Tim Miles wasn't from, uh, from South Dakota, he probably wouldn't be on my list either. But since he is... And he coached North Dakota State, and he coached Northern State, and he's from small town South Dakota. Then you know, it makes sense to, to to do that. So I mean, he had Nebraska as good as they've been in a long time. They made the NCAA tournament there what a few years ago. So he's done as well uh, with Nebraska as anybody's done in the past, you know, twenty, thirty years or ever. So he had them winning, you know, twenty games a year the last couple of years. So. Uh, he did well there, and uh, we'll see how how good or poor Nebraska does here the rest the rest of the way after him. But uh, he, he's won everywhere he's gone. He's unlike uh, our current coach. He's uh, left the place he's been at better than what he found it. So I don't think you could say that about Burger at all. John Rothstein from CBS Sports uh, says has tweeted out, Sources, South Dakota State's T.J. Otzelberger has emerged as a primary candidate for the head coaching vacancy at UNLV. Running Rebels hope to have a head coach hired by the end of the week. He seems far more credible than Running Rebel Joseph uh, yeah. G30. Um, uh, so, and that was 10 minutes ago. So, which would be about, put us about 8 p.m., a little after 8 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time on Tuesday, March 26th. It, it's, it, it's, you know, it's our favorite time. We're going to be at the Final Four in two weeks. Yes. Baseball's going to start in two days. Coach, I hate leaving town. Jesus Christ, what could get any better? Are they going to cancel the NFL season this week, Stacking? If they do that, then I'm done with the year. Perfect year. Um, well, I can't confirm that, but... Uh, it, the owners' meetings are happening right now at the Biltmore in Arizona. So I'm guessing that's Phoenix. The Biltmore, apparently, that's the hotel they're at. Uh, so, so Tim Miles, if he wants to take the pay cut, that would be good. Um, I mean, uh, do you think? Uh, like, hear your thoughts. You're you're fine with this. But... Listen, Otzelberger like, was a great recruiter. Obviously, he was able to land Jenkins. There is the, the, the Juco that they have coming in who's supposed to be really good. The the kid from Kansas uh, who can leap out of buildings. I don't know. Like, will those recruits stay? I mean, those are good recruits. Uh, the, one, the, the one issue that I think virtually everyone has had with Otzelberger is that he and the the Jackrabbits just don't play defense or very little defense, and their best defender has graduated, Tevin King. So my, I was talking about this with with someone at at work uh, on Tuesday, and what I said is I don't care who the Jackrabbits get. I just want them to be a competitive team in March. I want them to 
to make it to the NCAA tournament. I want them to have a chance to win. That's all I want. I get that that seems like a lot, and that's a lofty goal and expectations and everything. But that's, I think, I mean, that's realistic given where the program is at. So if I just want someone to come in and do that, whether that be Tim Miles, whether that be, um, I, I don't know, Archie Miller, whoever that may be. I, no. Obviously, so Archie, Mi- Archie Miller is not coming. Archie Miller's not leaving Indiana, but I'm just saying, someone like that, whoever can do that and keep SDSU near the top echelon of the mid-major programs in uh, college basketball, that's what I want. Like, uh, if it's not Tim Miles, it'll be somebody we've never heard of, like Altsburger. We've never heard of him before. So, hope it's Tim Miles. Hope it's a quick decision. Hope uh, by the time we're talking next week, hope everything's done because these things work pretty quick. So yeah, hopefully you can get in there. Uh, keep Jenkins, keep all these guys. Uh, the, the thing about it is, there, there's he doesn't have any players to leave. He's got Jenkins and this this grill dude. Right. That's it. He doesn't have anybody else. Take take everybody. Take everybody on the goddamn team. Because there's nobody on the team now outside of Jenkins. What about... Take the team. There's nobody on the team. What about Mike Miller? Is that a name that potentially has some merit? No, but he just got to Memphis. Him and Penny Hardaway, they're building something there. Sure, they'll make... They almost made the tournament this year. I'm I'm sure they'll make it next year. He's... His kid's down in Memphis. He's like a... What is he, a sophomore to become a junior, so... Yeah, he's not leaving Memphis to come up to Brookings. His, his kid's in school still for a couple of years in high school, and um, he just started at Memphis. He's, he's not going anywhere. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But by this time next week, we will know for sure the status of T.J. Otzelberger. Uh, right now at this point, it does look like he will be the head coach at uh, UNLV. And maybe Tim I Miles. can't tell you how happy I am. I cannot tell you how happy I am. I thought it would be impossible the way they performed this year and the way the year finished that some team would actually look at him and say, we want you to be our coach. I find that unbelievable, stunning, absolutely stunning. With the way he built this team, uh, with the rotations he used this year, he acted like this was his last year because he didn't play anybody. Played two guys off the bench about five or ten minutes apiece. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm so goddamn happy. So happy. What about if Marvin Menzies... No, never mind. I don't want him. How about this? How about this? You know what the the craziest wild card out there will be? And it has next to no chance of happening. Aaron Aaron Johnston. Yep, you know it. That's where I was exactly going. That'd be fun. I mean, it it won't happen. Interestingly enough, though... There is, uh, I, can't, I don't remember the, the guy's name. Uh, I'll, I'll find it here in just a second. Um, he is the head coach for the main basketball team. Richard Barron is his name. Uh, he, he coached the women up until this last year. And, yeah, and now he's, he's with the men. So that's happening at the University of Maine. So that is... An interesting note. Uh, it, it killed me. It killed me his first year when um, Nagy left. It killed me that they had to play zone defense for that first half of the season. 
Uh, they were a terrible defensive team, and he said they couldn't play man defense because they weren't ready. Like, how? They had to play zone defense. It was terrible. They were a terrible team. Ended up winning the uh, winning the deal. Like, how, how do you not? What, what, what did they do? What did they do at practice? There's a month of practices before the season starts. Didn't they just have, like, the defensive belt or something that they were... Uh, yeah, they had it this year. And they were a terrible defensive team this year. And then the season's four or five months long. November, December, January, February, half of March. Like, what the hell did he do? How are you this bad? How are you that bad at the beginning? What did you do for your first year? Where you couldn't play man defense? And, you know, Chris Howell, he was at Jackson State. Perfectly fine. Yep. He left. Yep. Brandon uh, The guy that you liked. The guy Michael that you liked. Michael Carter III, that they got from Washington. Yeah. guy that you liked. Yep. He left. This Kruger guy, he left. He wasn't anything anywhere. He left. And a couple other guys left. Uh, Cole Gentry, he went with Maggie. That's understandable. <clears throat> but he turned out, he, I think he averaged about 12 points this year for Wright State. And he, was, he, was, he would have been a guy. But he left with Nagy, so that's fine. Uh, there's a kid in T. T's right outside of Sioux Falls. Um, they won the state title this year. They were one of the best teams in the state. Uh, his name's Noah Friedel. A very good player. And he's going to play at Wright State. Like, mm. He doesn't recruit He doesn't recruit this area. He didn't recruit the state. There wasn't a lot here to recruit. But he was a guy, Noah mm. Friedel, who's going to Wright State. Why? Because Scott Nagy's there. That's why. That's why a guy from... Ohio is getting a guy from Sioux Falls because of that. And I don't, I don't think there was much contact. There was a little bit, but not a whole lot of serious interest there. And I think this kid definitely could have been part of the rotation. So just a failure on, on many sides. Again, like we, like, uh, we say, he, he was a recruiter, not much of a coach. But his uh, recruiting didn't show me much. He got Jenkins, by all means, an A, double plus on that. Uh, they got the one kid that left, so we never know what, what he'll do, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And they got this kid coming in that was going to go to a Power 5 school, and he may never get here. And if that's the case, and that's fine. He knows how good he'll be. So I hope to hell it's Tim Miles. If it's not, I'm fine. I just want rid of this coach because he won two tournaments. He had the best player they've ever had, but I would say everybody would say they underachieved this year. And if they made the tournament, they would have been at best a 14th seed probably. And that was not what people were expecting at the start of the year. And by all means, leave. I by s- all means. There's another tweet I'm seeing here by Tyler oh. Bischoff. Bischoff underscore Tyler says, The Ken Palm okay. offensive rank for TJ Otzelberger at South Dakota State. 2016-2017, 71. 2017-2018, 47-2018-2019, so this last year, 37 UNLV has never had a top 50 offense in the Ken Palm era, 2002 to the present. It it fails to mention in this tweet that Otzelberger had the best player, one of the top 10 players in college basketball in Mike Dom. It's pretty easy to have an offensive rank that high when you have Mike Dom on your team. Sure. I mean, you should have him. You have Jenkins. Tedham King was a good player. Skyler Flatt and turned into something that's in your year. Yeah, they were a very good defensive team. Or offensive team. <laughs> yeah, uh, defense, whatever. Uh, slip, of the, okay, we'll slip of the tongue, I'll mark offense. it down. Just like I mess up names here, I'm going to mark that down for you. You said defensive, t- a good defensive team. <laughs> By all means, let's see. South Dakota here, they've got them. Um, I don't even know how to read this shit here. They've got Ken 
Palm, again, all these rankings, whatever, they don't mean much to me. Uh, Ken Palm has them as the 92nd best team, I guess. I don't look at the site at all. I, I can't even. But, okay, what do we got? Offense, I guess, is 37th, which you said, right? 37th this year? 37th this year, yep. Okay, so I'm looking at the right thing. Your offense was 185. So, middle of the pack defensively. The defense was 185. So, yeah, like it you felt said, worse it, than that, though, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it did. Let's see what they were last year. They were 185 this year? Yep. No, the year before they were 150, so a little better. I mean, I just middle of the pack. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I went and you, and you want them to compete, and I think they will because some of the league's not a good league. Yeah. They were down this year, but they're usually better than they are this year. I, but, you know. Conchar's left. Do you like North Dakota State to do something? I do. I think uh, they are going to be at, at, at worst a 12 seed next year. I think North I like, Dakota, and yeah. d- dare I say, North Dakota State in their loss to Duke. By the way, uh, I went on a Twitter rampage Friday night. Um, so to the, to, to the North Dakota um, State community, um, sorry, not sorry. Uh North Dakota State got more publicity out of that game against Duke, and that does more for them than anything that they could have done outside of hosting game day in terms of recognition and brand promotion, right? I mean, because you're playing Duke on CBS. Apart from maybe your first FCS title, it's just there's nothing else that is better for them than Duke playing Duke on CBS. The premier team on the premier network, I don't know, man, the ratings have been good. Ratings are up like 8%. They were not up Thursday night. Thursday night was bad, but that's because you had Kentucky and Alb- Abilene Christian. Come on, man. I assume I assume at least 5 million people watch that Duke game, if not more. 4 or 5 million at least, if not 8 million. Um... And then they played with them for a half. It was, you know, they played with them for a half, so that was good. But uh, yeah, they did good. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, if, if the cupboard's bare next year for us, I mean, look at look at USD. Uh, one of their best players didn't play all year. They got a new coach. They didn't have much there. They were six seed and playing well the last couple of weeks. And some people thought, you know, they could they could maybe make a run and knock off IPFW. They lost by like forty points almost. But. Uh, even with the, with the terrible season USD had as a six seed, people were like, well, maybe you know they can win a game or two. So, as, as, as terrible as SDSU was two years ago, they won the conference, mm-hmm. and because they had the best player, that helps. So, I mean, I, I think, yeah, as far as being competitive in this league, I don't see that being much of an issue at all. Uh, to your point about the ratings, CBS Internal Sports say television ratings for the NCAA tournament across the four networks. Uh, for the first week of games, we're up 8% over last year. And the uh, 11.9 rating for the Duke-UCF game, up 35% from the game that aired last year. Uh, so that is significant. Uh, we'll get to that game here in a moment and more on the NCAA tournament here. Um, but to continue with the South Dakota State run here, uh, as much praise as we can heap on the the women as possible we will do here they have made it to the sweet 16 for the first time in program history uh i I don't want to use the phrase hashtag as expected but this was kind of expected or it was 
this year more so than others. You have were a six seed. You had to play Quinnipiac, who they beat, and then it was just can you beat Syracuse on their home floor and in their home stadium, and they did. And uh, a game of runs, a game of turnovers. SDSU ultimately prevailed 75-64. You will not see perhaps a worse call than the uh, than the officials awarding Syracuse the ball after they try and save it from going out of bounds. It hits out of bounds and then hit Tegan Larson, and they somehow okay. called it uh, Syracuse ball. Uh, unbelievable to so, me. That, so that, this, I, I, I only saw whatever's been on Twitter. I don't see the complete thing. So this ball... I only see the girls saving it. So you're telling me before that the ball's already no, out. No, it, it it the girl is trying to save it when she hits when she hits it, it hits the out of bounds first, and then it hits Tegan Larson. Like I, I didn't see it. So you're telling me the ball was still in play at that point when she when the Syracuse gal she saves he saves that the ball was still in bounds and not touched out of bounds yet. Correct. Okay, and the way I see it, I thought they got the call right. I didn't see a touch out of bounds. I see her save it. I see it hit the SDSU player's leg first. See, That's I, what I see. I, I, saw, I see it than everybody. Yeah, I saw it hit. I saw it bounce out of bounds and then hit Tegan um, first. By the way, I, um, ES, I don't know. Did you watch Sports Center at all Monday night? No. Well, Steve Levy had a rough time. Uh, with this highlight, uh, the Syracuse Orange okay. and South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Uh, fortunately, there was no San Diego State mentioned. There was no South Dakota. It was South Dakota State. It was the Jackrabbits. Um, but we had Madison Gubert uh, drain okay. some threes. Uh, Tajin Larson uh, with a layup. So that's great. Boy. And then uh, the Jackrabbits won by one. So... A couple, a couple, like two ones, one by two ones. Yeah, two ones. Yes, they won by eleven. So if we could look at the whole thing in in totality, not the best highlight reel for Steve Levy, but I will give him some. You know what? It wasn't like a complete lack of uh, issues just with South Dakota State. He couldn't even get the final score right. But at least he called them the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, and that is uh, that is great. But again, this I don't know how how high of praise we can give Aaron Johnston and Macy Miller and Madison Giebert and everyone else there for what they have done. And um, this is something that needs to be celebrated, does it not? Yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit. We can celebrate a little bit, um, but we want to win a couple more games here. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but well, don't, don't do much to celebrate. We always celebrate uh, this weekend and the season's done with. But, um, I mean, they're, they're a top 20 program in the country. There are not 20 teams better than them. There just is right. not. There are not 20 teams better than them. Um, there may not be 15 teams better than them. They've done it year after year. It should happen, you know, a couple times before. It finally did. I thought Syracuse at the start of that fourth quarter went on the run. It was going to happen again. I'm like, God damn it, it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. But uh, close the game out on a good run finally happened and yeah I mean Syracuse coach he was pissed after the game and he should have been they should have you know you gotta win home court there but yeah, it would have been a disappointment if this season didn't end in this week 16 
Uh, because you got the greatest they've ever had, and Ebert, who's the top five they've ever had. So you have those two at the same time. And you have Selen, who's probably going to be a top ten player ever. Yep. You got those three at the same time. you got to win a couple games here. Is so it, have, have the best year you've ever had. Does it strike you as as funny that Maya Selland is along with uh, with Madison and Macy up at the the podium post game? So you have two seniors and a sophomore. You don't have you know like the Sydney Palmer. You don't have Tegan Larson up there at all. You have a sophomore along with the two seniors. I I I, I mean that speaks to how well. You know how Those good of a player it, it speaks to how good of a player Maya is, and how good of a a recruiter and how good of a coach a, uh, AJ is. Yeah. But I just find that oh, I find that interesting that you have two great seniors and then a sophomore up there that you don't wouldn't have another senior up there regard with the you know their potential last NCAA tournament. You wouldn't have a junior up there. You have a sophomore. I do find that that it's just a oh. little interesting to me. But I I completely understand because Maya Selland is is fantastic, and she'll be their best player next year. So. Yes. Yep. Um. Yeah. So uh, apparently, uh, former President Barack Obama picked South Dakota State to the Elite Eight. Uh, yeah. He he had them beating Indiana. That's not going to happen. They play Oregon. It's going to be a rematch. Of the game of the Oregon beat South Dakota State in back in Frost in December, they won that game by nine. This, of course, will be played on Oregon's home court, but well, SD- be close. SDSU is playing better, arguably, than they were at that point. Macy Miller didn't have a great game against Syracuse, but prior to that, she had a four to five game stretch that was fantastic. She was playing extremely well. And SDSU has a great deal of confidence. They have the longest win streak in the nation currently right now at 18 games. So I don't see any any reason why they won't be able to hang with Oregon for the majority of the game, if not the whole game, and possibly even win it. There's a two-point game with 50 seconds left. Yeah. I mean, you look at the final score, and it was almost an eight-point win. I mean, there's a two-point game with a minute to go. So if they get a stop, get a bucket, it's a tie game. I mean, they're probably going to lose. Nobody's going to pick them. But I'll probably give them like a 40% chance. Um, Oregon's not very fast. SCSU's pretty fast. But Oregon's pretty goddamn big. Hey, so. Sabrina Ionescu, again, I've, I've mentioned, I've yeah. brought her name up multiple times. She is the all-time NCAA leader in triple doubles, men's and women's. She has 18 triple doubles. She's fantastic. Uh, did she cheap it in a little bit by tr- missing that shot on purpose? Uh, Who they play in the second round game, and she got a rebound, maybe. But um, well, uh, I, I saw that she said no, she did. Like it was like a three pointer. Like a three pointer, wasn't it? It was. It was a three pointer, but she knew where the ball like, was, was she, going to be if yeah, she missed like, it. So I, I mean. For what it's worth, and I have no problem with her doing it at all. Uh, she's a fantastic player. Obviously, they can't. Ju- SCSU just can't focus all of their attention on Ionescu, but uh, she's the straw that stirs the drink for Oregon. So limiting in her in whatever way possible is of utmost importance for the Jacks. Uh, and then that's three-point shot. Three-point shot. Uh, Gebert had six of them, I think, the first yes. time they played. She had six against Syracuse. So, 
I mean, you know, like 12 or 15 threes, that's a lot. But they're going to have to play very well to beat the best team they've ever beat. Mm-hmm. So, and they got a chance. They're a very good team, as we said. Yep. Uh, game 10.30 at night, for God's sake. So, take a nap. When you get home from work, they can stay up till 12.30 to watch this thing. I tell you what, this is, this is just difficult when they're... Put- Putting it right up with the NCAA tournament because I Duke's going to be playing at that time. I think it, is UNC going to be playing at that time too. I no. Well, that game it, should be Kentucky. Kentucky's the, done. Yeah, those games should be you know second half, second half of the second half. Yeah. By that point, so you know ten thirty a night. So yeah, it'll be good. You know they won that. They got Mississippi State. I mean that's you know very tough. But uh, beat Oregon. See what happens. I mean, they're the best. You know, Iowa, Iowa's very good. I would love them to see them play Iowa. But, uh, yeah, you, you can't say enough there. They are the best. They are. I, mean, it's, I was talking to a guy yesterday from Nashville, and I was talking about the game. There was about five minutes left. I was saying, yeah, they you know, play Oregon if they win here. And, you know, they, they played Oregon, you know, earlier this year in Brookings. Oh, they got Oregon up there. Yeah, they got Oregon Louisville, Notre Dame, they get all these schools to come up there and play. And and, and why is that? that? People, I think, find that surprising. Why is that? It's because SDSU has... Uh, did they get a lot of fans to go to the games. Even for, you know, the... The presentation colleges, you know, like Fort Wayne's, they they get what you know some fifteen hundred fans there a night, which is pretty good. I, I watched the Syracuse press conference and I watched the Oregon press conference with the Oregon coach uh, from the game this year, and um, he was happy they won. And at the end of the press conference, somebody asked a question, something like, "Or are you surprised this game was close? Or are you surprised, you know, how this game?" Uh-uh happened he's like no this is a good team like nobody who follows women's basketball is surprised by that score that SDSU beat Syracuse or that SDSU played uh, Oregon close the entire game nobody that follows women's basketball and knows anything about anything is surprised that that happened I think it's more surprising when you know like the the opening game of the year and SDSU got trounced by Marquette that was a little more eye opening to those who follow women's college basketball, who follow South Dakota State, um, they're one. They're one bad performance all year. Right. That was it. Yep. So um, it's, it's, it's not a surprise. People that know know that this is one of the twenty best teams in the country. Dare I say? And is it is it a possibility that South Dakota State gets Dave Patch on the game? He was doing the Oregon games this weekend. He'll be. Yes, you will be there. Yes, good, good. The Let's get Dave Patch. Is Bill Walton? Can we get Bill Walton for some color commentary for one of the games? That'd be good. Announcers in Syracuse are not good. Oh God, they're, they're terrible. Um, now I believe they said the Corn Palace was in Brookings. That's bad. That's bad. Uh, I can't remember who they were talking about. It might have been Maya uh, when they were saying that she and her sisters had uh, their grandpa built a, like a basketball hoop in their barn or something like that. Yep. And it's just, it was awful storytelling. I I like it when you give little nuggets of information about the players. But, you know, if you if you're watch, you just put that game and compare it to, say, a game that Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller, and Dan Bonner did in Des Moines. 
it's a night and day difference in terms of the seamless transition that they do, or just how they can easily slide that in there without making it, you know, a, a, a awkward pause, a pregnant pause, as they might say. Uh, just it, it's it's very effortless, and it 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 runs very smoothly. It's a great part of the telecast, the, you know, these little nuggets that they throw in. But these ones were just awkward, and then they repeated it several times. Like, do you have nothing else that you can say? About South Dakota State or about anyone else? I mean, come on. Well, it's just, you know, South Dakota, nobody's ever been here. Nobody knows, you know, just do the story about the open the barn and corn palace and the corn on the outside and all this shit. So that's just the, what they do. So it's, uh, yeah, so this is the culmination of all the, all the years of work. They finally got that Sweet 16 and hopefully doing a few more. I saw somebody said, oh, 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 this is so great for the Summit League. And getting the two teams in. It's like, again, this is a two-team league. This doesn't do anything for the conference. These are two teams. There's no other team if, if anything, in their league. If anything, it's going to strengthen SDSU's uh, vice hold on on the conference, and no one's really going to have a chance in barring a major upset. Hopefully, you know, with, with two teams now in the tournament, you hope there's some other team that can rise to the occasion, be can, some team you can depend on to be good, but that's not going to be the case. So people say, oh, this is great for the Summit League. It's good for the Summit League, sure, but it, it's two teams. I mean, it's, you know, it's the Summit League. Is anybody saying, oh, well, you know, BYU or when St. Mary's in Gonzaga gets it, oh, that's great for the... West Coast Conference. Nobody fucking says that. No, no. Nobody fucking says it's great for the West Coast. Oh, it's great for the AAC. They got four teams. There. Nobody says that. No, no, well, they don't. Again, it's great for the state. It's sure great for the state. Whatever. But it, it's a South Dakota State accomplishment. There was one guy at a station in the big city in Sioux Falls the other day. Uh, he was making the case. Oh, you know, WNIT championship, Sweet Sixteen. They're pretty much the same thing. Not even close, nope, sir. You're a goddamn idiot. You've been a goddamn idiot <laughs> for many years. You've never been good at your job. Uh, surprisingly, you're still not good at your job. I don't know why you have a job. Um, Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament and a, a win in a consolation tournament, they're not equivalent. Uh, we've talked about this. It's a, it's, a, it's a good accomplishment, but it is not as good as getting to the Sweet 16, not by a long shot. Also, it, also it's not as good as getting to the actual tournament. Yeah, yeah that's fair, too. And it's also not a national championship. Um, it's not a national championship because yeah. you didn't make the national tournament. You made the NIT. You made the national the, invitational tournament, but that's by invitation only. But you didn't make the NIT. You didn't make the uh, the NCAA tournament. There's one national champion in Division One. Sure as fuck was not USC a couple of years ago. So <laughs> and we, you know you know like the men all you get to go to Madison Square Garden. You get to play all these games and ESPN and whatever. And like ultimately, it comes down to um, winning the NIT is fine. I don't remember who the hell won the NIT last year or any year. I don't remember anything about the NIT. Minnesota it won it a few years back. Perhaps before. Now, Penn State won it last remember. year. Penn, Penn State won it last year, and I only remember that because Will was talking about it. Our good but friend Will. Nobody, yeah, nobody remembers or cares about the NIT. Um, so I'm in the camp of. I'd much rather make the NCAA tournament and get blown out by 50 points by Duke in the first round rather than win the entire thing. Nobody cares about the NIT. Like you just said, uh, a lot of people were talking about North Dakota State. 
couple days ago because they were playing on CBS against the number one team in the country, and they got their ass kicked in the second half, but taking a lot of goddamn attention. That sure as hell is better than that. Uh, the NIT championship. I do, I do remember they played Florida Gulf Coast, the, the, the USD women did, in the championship game. Why I have to remember that, I don't know. The minus, what was it? Yeah, Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah. Um, good, good for them, they won it, but do you think any of those girls this year would trade a NCAA tournament appearance to win the goddamn WNIT? Not a single one of them. Yeah. No coach, no player would trade what they did this year. Uh, playing Clemson. Oh, and by the way, oh, yeah, USD damn. lost to Clemson. Uh, so further vindicating. I thought they were going to win. I thought they were going to win, but fourth quarter was not. I thought so too, um, but it kind of further vindicates SDSU as being the best team in the state, being the best team in the Summit League. They are the only team in the Sweet 16, uh, which starts on Friday, that has never been to the Sweet 16. So. Um, that is an interesting note there. There's a lot of talk about Missouri State, and rightfully so. They they completed a big upset, the 11 seed over the 3 seed Iowa State there in Ames. Uh, so that's great and everything. But they've been there before. I would think that this, this South Dakota State story would be a little bit higher. But then again, people just come. To, people expect SDSU to have this good program. They've knocked on the door a couple of times, just couldn't quite break through. This was the year they finally did. In terms of what this does for them going forward, does it do it? Does anything change from the standpoint of yes, SDSU is finally in the Sweet Sixteen? I think you and I had here if it was you and I that were talking about this or enough, enough about Northern Iowa. Enough about Northern sorry, Iowa. sorry, North, yeah, Northern Iowa was done. Uh, perhaps it was yourself, myself that was talking about this or <laughs> another someone else, but now it becomes. Yes, we got to the Sweet 16. Now let's see if we can try and get that home court. Yes. Where, obviously, the national championship is the ultimate or premier goal. But what is what is a realistic expectation or next goal. step for SDSU here going forward now that they've gotten uh, over the Sweet 16 hump? USD probably the favorite next year. Uh, SDSU is going to play USD the title game, and we'll see what happens. They have to beat them there. So, and I thought they would have by now, but they haven't. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, the, I mean, we'll see. He's replaced people in the past, so you know, next year probably won't be as good as this year. But uh, you know, I got my girl Avery Broad coming to help play in five years. That'll be exciting. <laughs> but um, until then, I mean, they got they got Maya Selling, they got Tang and Larson, they got folks coming in. They always come in. I'll be fine. But, uh, yeah, this is the high-water mark, and then the next thing is to get a, you know, a, a top-four seed and get those games, whether it's in Brookings or Sioux Falls. Apparently, put it put it in Sioux Falls. With all due respect to, to having it at Frost and in Far, uh, in Brookings, I almost said Fargo. What the hell's the matter with me? Have it in Fargo, that's <laughs> fine. Whatever, that'd be fine as well. Um with all due respect to having it in Frost and Brook, you got to put it in Sioux Falls because SDSU fans will pack the place far in far greater numbers than they would in, in Frost. Frost would be packed, yes, but you would get far more. You can get far more fans into Sioux Falls uh, than you would at Brook. I I firmly believe, and even for the for the other game that they would have there, there would still be more people that would make it for that game in Sioux Falls than mo- than either of those 
either of the two teams would have on a normal night at home. And I think you would get far more people there at the Denny Sanford Premier Center uh, than, than you would at Frost. 2,400 people there on Saturday. There were 2,700 there Monday night at the Dome. Syracuse would have drew a bigger crowd in Sioux Falls against some other team mm-hmm. than they would have drawn at their home courts. Yeah. Which is sad. Yep. Um, and I guess uh, it has to be within 30 miles of campus, but there are some exceptions. So maybe they would make an exception. I think one good reason for an exception was, do you want us to sell 6,000 tickets or do you want us to sell... 10,000 tickets. And you want us to do that once, or would you like us to do that twice? Literally like eight, eight or 9,000 more tickets you could sell. Do you want us to do that, or do you want us to sell 6,000? That's up to you, NCAA. Do you want to give us an exemption or not? And I'm pretty sure that they would. I, I, I agree. So that is the next step, though. We are in agreement, yeah. right, to be a top four seed. Um, yeah. Again, and I, the thing is, the, the Summit League has to get better. They cannot do. I mean, they can't have a tougher non-conference schedule. Right. It's they were what non-conference schedule was fifth. It was fifth. Can't get much higher than that. Nope. And their uh, RPI was what twenty seventh. And RPI at the end of the year is going to be very good. And since the schedule was like uh, eighty or ninety or whatever it was. And the Summit League has to get better for that to improve. Can you so imagine what there. it would have been if USD wasn't as good as they were this year in oh, ranked? Yeah. So. It would have been tough. would have been tough. So that's the next goal. Get to host those games. Go to the Sweet 16. Make us the Sweet 16. Uh, make those appearances more common than not. And then, you know, that next step is the uh, to host and get to that Elite Eight. You know, the Sweet 16, we've done that, all right. What's next? Elite Eight, that's next. Get there, and then you got the Final Four next. So little by little, it's it's coming along. It is, it is. So uh, congratulations to the women, what they have done so far, and uh, best of luck to them in Portland this weekend. Friday night, uh, they they say the tip time's at 10, but it'll be a half hour after the first game concludes. So uh, realistically, it'll be 10.30. Or, uh, I can't imagine. I was just... Last year's men's Final Four, and I, I'm, I'm sure SDSU is not the longest distance of anywhere, but to go from, to go to Syracuse, then to go to Portland, Final Four is in Tampa. I can't imagine there's been many schools that would have to go that far distance. That's, I think it was like 5,600 miles, I figured out, total. Does that have any, uh, does that have any impact the traveling? We've we've talked uh, about travel and like flying first class uh, and everything, but the time in between the games because SDSU of course played Saturday and Monday, and now they have, so they played the essentially the last games of the second round on Monday here, and then they have to turn around and play the first day of the Sweet Sixteen again on the other side of the of the country. Does that have any? impact at all do you think on their play friday night it might but they're probably on such a high right now they don't care he got back and late he's got a fat or, lip <laughs> that's right he got punched in the punch in the mouth of a water bottle um so I mean, they got back early tuesday morning they'll leave uh wednesday afternoon so they'll have you know 36 hours at home and they'll be out to portland for three four days hopefully 
and they'll be on their way to Tampa. God forbid if a craziness happens. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not much time if you're making a deep run. You're not going to school here during this month. So, well, so. this is uh, this is great. They have made it further, of course, than they ever have in program history. They have made it further than any South Dakota program has, apart from the USD women in the WNIT a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So it, it's great what they're doing. And again, best of luck to them. I, I, I do think they have a really good shot uh, to beat Oregon. Um, Mississippi State's a whole different ball game. But again, what imagine that because Mississippi State's the one seed, but they have they have further to travel than South Dakota State does. What what team would FCSU? God forbid they make the Final Four stack, and who would they play? Uh, would it be Baylor? They would play Baylor. Oh. I said last night. I said last night. Every SDSU fan would give their left and right nut to play Baylor in this goddamn tournament. Every every SDSU fan would try and find the way down to Tampa just to give that extra push, that extra edge to SDSU in that game. Baylor is probably going to the national title game against like you know Connecticut or Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But they played Baylor this year. The whole that game was pretty goddamn close too. Yes. yes. That was uh, like a typical possession game in the fourth quarter. So It was. It was. Play Oregon, see what happens. Play Mississippi State, you know. Play Baylor, that's the dream. But folks here, Baylor. Baylor and women's basketball. If there was one team that, you know, say they win a national title, they win some big game, they, you know, reach the Elite Eight. There's no other school you'd rather do it against than Baylor. Oh, n- no doubt. No doubt. Uh, <laughs> Without question. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, J.D. Gravina, head coach of the Western Illinois women's basketball team, uh, said he loves cheering for the Summit League, and it's you know he's congratulated SDSU, which is great. He's a class act. I love him as a coach. I think he's very very good. Um, uh, Chad Myros, the Whistler side. Yeah, that, that's what I saw. The Whistler, had, uh, the Chad Myros had uh, had put out that. Uh, He's fastly becoming uh, it's a competition between him and former Purdue Fort Wayne coach, uh, head coach Chris Paul. Um, it's high praise. It's high praise, but um, high I praise. think it, yes, it, it's rightfully so. I, 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 JD Gravina is is very good, and I, I really enjoy him and respect him as a head coach. Concur. Yes. Let's move to the NCAA tournament now. Um. We may have the game of the of the tournament happened Sunday. I doubt unless we get a UNC Duke national championship game that we're going to see a better game in this tournament. Duke and uh, Carolina, Kentucky. They always play. Yeah, they always play. Duke and UCF played Sunday, and it was an amazing game all the way around. Uh, Aubrey Dawkins. Uh, head uh, son of the head coach uh, Johnny Dawkins uh, for UCF had the game of his life. He was at twelve of sixteen from the floor at one point, and every time Duke made a run, got up by eight, UCF would respond. Duke made a run, UCF responded, and all you need to know is at the end of the game, uh, it was this was a all about Zion Williamson. Making threes, uh, get, drawing fouls against Taco Fall, which, by the way, Taco Fall in the picture with Tracy Wolfson is probably the best thing uh, I've 
I've seen in a very long time. A two-foot, four-inch disparity uh, between them. It was just fantastic. But either way, so Zion misses a free throw that would have tied the game late. R.J. Barrett gets the rebound. People say yeah, there was a push in there. I don't. I don't really care. I can. I could. I can see that. I guess. But at the end of the day, he got the rebound. He he puts it in. Duke's up by one. UCF. Uh, B, uh, was it B.J. Taylor? I think uh, gets uh, a shot off, and I didn't think it was a very good shot. Looked like there's a little contact in there. He misses. Aubrey Dawkins flies out of nowhere and just gets the gets a good tip, and it rolled around the rim, and it looked like it was halfway over the hoop, and it failed to uh, drop. Duke wins 77, 76, or was it? Or is it 78 77? Uh, either way. Uh, they escaped with a victory. And again, I went I, I went off on a Twitter on this here. And I still. My heart goes out to the UCF uh, players, uh, the head coaching staff, the, the their fans. Because that's a gut wrenching way to lose a game. They deserve to win that game. I feel worse for them losing that game than I do having Duke uh, advance in my bracket, and I I would have felt I would have felt better about Duke losing that game and you know killing my bracket than I would UCF um, losing. That's uh, that's how I feel. I just I'm I'm still at a loss of words as to how appropriately to describe this, but I I feel terrible for UCF. I feel bad, but then I figure, oh, I'm going to be there in a couple of weeks, and I want to see Duke. <laughs> God damn it! I don't <laughs> want to see. I don't want to see Central Florida. I don't want to see Michigan State. I don't give a shit I, and, about those teams. And, and that's, I want to see Duke. That's the that's the one other thing that I was thinking of in a normal year that I would maybe even feel worse. But there's part of me like, you know what? I want to see Zion Williamson in there. Had UCF won, though, are we in agreement that we would have liked to see them in Minneapolis so we could see Taco Fall? Sure. Okay. Um, like once Duke is out, then it's like whatever. Yeah, UNC. I mean, there. I mean, it was one, one through three. The top three seeds all advance. What's never happened? Right. Never top, happened. I saw three. either that or that it hadn't happened since two thousand nine. I believe it's the former. Um, okay. If if yeah, if it's happened before, it's like happened once. Um, the top two seeds have never made it to the elite eight. Yeah, you know, it probably won't happen this year. Maybe, you know, Virginia will shoot the bet or something. But, uh, or Tennessee will lose or something. But it's the potential is there. And yeah, when, when I saw that shot, I'm like, shit, they beat Dukes. They beat them. And, oh, they didn't go in. Yeah. Oh. I know of one person who picked Central Florida. I don't know how many, I didn't check in your bracket. The person is in your bracket. I don't know how many other people picked the Central Florida beat Duke, I would imagine nobody. Very few. Besides the one person I know of. But, um, yeah. I mean, they, they got down, all right, Duke's going to win this game by about 10 points. And they kept coming back. They kept coming back. and It's been, it's been an okay tournament. I would say... I don't, even know what the second, I don't even know what the second best game would be. If you take that game out, I don't even know what the best game would have been. Well, I'll give you a couple of... Uh, of Tennessee, options Tennessee. here. Um, I can't go Tennessee and Iowa just because Tennessee shit the bed so badly in the second half there. 
And you could tell immediately. So I flipped it, and I am almost responsible for Tennessee losing because I come home and I turn on the TV and it's 44 to 19 Tennessee. I'm like, hell yeah, this is a route of Iowa. And Iowa starts creeping in a little bit. Okay, okay, Tennessee, you've made one th- a bucket here in the last four minutes since I turned it on. And then Iowa just keeps creeping in. It just seemed like Tennessee had such a, a lack of urgency on both sides. They were sloppy with the ball, lots of turnovers. The officiating in that game was also terrible at the end, giving a foul to to uh, Weisskamp or whoever, one of the Iowa players on a three-pointer shot that was clearly blocked, and Tennessee would have had a fast break, layup or dunk, would have put them up by five with like a minute to go. They would have won the game in regulation. Um, but they win in overtime because Grant Williams is a beast. Admiral Schofield is on the bench. So Tennessee survived that one. Uh they and I, they went to the Auburn school of closing out games because Auburn nearly shit the bed against New Mexico State. That was the worst. Uh, if you want to put a clinical or put in a tape of how not to hang on to a lead and how to lose a basketball game, just put in the Auburn New Mexico State game. That was awful. It wasn't good. Auburn should have lost that game. Oh yeah, missed free throw. I mean, the kid with the kid. Metro State wide open layup, he passed it up for a three, so that was dumb. Uh, they foul him, they, they missed two out of three free throws, that was bad. They get the ball back, he's got a wide open three, he misses the basket by approximately two yards. Many things went wrong for North uh, for, for New Mexico State in that game. Um, I'll give you a, the I'll... game before that was, one of the games before that was one of the most well-played Final minutes I've ever seen. It was between LSU and, and Yale. Yale. Yep. Yale. Yale made what four threes in the final minutes or something. Yeah, well, they, they could and have used a couple of threes before that. Damn it. That's right. And LSU made eight of their nine free throws. Both teams did exactly what they should have done. What they tried to do. They perfection on both ends. Yale so close. And if they just hated one or two missed free throws, they would have won that game. And then you get that shit uh, Auburn finish, and boy, that was bad. So uh, Maryland Belmont game was very good. Maryland wins that there at the buzzer. That LSU Maryland in the second round was great. LSU Tremont Waters gets it in there uh, with like a second or two seconds left. Um, so that was a big win there. Liberty Mississippi State was a very good game. That was back and forth. Uh, Liberty ultimately winning. Three of the 12 seeds won this year. Uh, and I'd like to say that I gave, said that that would probably happen. Um, let's see. Anything else uh, that really stands out? The story the story of the tournament until the Central Florida game was Murray State. Yes. Yep. John Morant, triple-double uh, in the first game against Marquette. They, they ran Marquette out of the gym. And it was it was rather embarrassing, but probably not uh, not all that surprising given how Marquette was limping into the tournament. How dare you? How dare you? You smirch my <laughs> Marquette. Brought that shit to bed for the last three weeks. Um, yeah, that, oh, that was a bad matchup. I like Marquette because their offense. Fuck, they they couldn't stop anybody. So I don't know the bad. That was a bad matchup for them. Yeah, Murray State, like I say, ran them out of the gym. 
Uh, I was very surprised Iowa State was as bad as they were against Ohio State. But then then again, maybe I shouldn't have been. Uh, Wofford, what can you say about them? They played outstanding. The fact that they lose by six to Kentucky with their best player, Fletcher McGee, not making a single three-point shot is very noteworthy. However, on the flip side, you could say, well, Kentucky was without P.J. Washington. And that, to me, is a major storyline here coming into the Sweet 16 weekend because I hadn't heard about anything regarding P.J. Washington and his foot. You Then you hear, oh, well, he, he left in a protective boot after the after Kentucky lost in the SEC semifinals uh, against Tennessee on Saturday. And like, oh, Calipari says, oh, no need to worry. He'll be fine. He should be able to play. Well, he doesn't play against Abilene Christian. That's fine. Don't need him. Uh, but not playing against Wofford, that's when you really start to worry that there's something else going on. And, again, you can't necessarily take what coaches say at face value. But that is a major storyline here going into the Sweet 16 because Kentucky cannot win the national championship without P.J. Washington. Reed Travis is very good. Uh, that uh, that hero, Tyler Hero, fantastic as well, especially from the follow line. But they can't win the national championship. They can't, I don't think, they, can, they can't get past UNC without P.J. Washington. I would assume he plays. I have no idea. I hope he plays. Looking good for Carolina right now. I mean, Auburn, Auburn was very impressive against Kansas. It was a bad year for Kansas, but I expected a little more fight. That game was done real goddamn quick. Yeah, they, you want to talk about teams getting ran out of the gym. That was what happened to Kansas. My goodness. Yeah, so, I mean, there haven't been many great games. I saw it brought up today. You know, it's disappointing. There's no Cinderella. And... I, the, the guy I was watching said, yeah, it's disappointing. And I feel the opposite. I don't think it is. Um, I love the first two days and, and the weekend. And once it gets to this point, my interest is not there. Um, but my interest is there because I've got a lot of teams up to go. Usually my interest isn't there because I don't have a lot of teams up right. to go. Um, and you've got that potential for all of these teams. We want to see Carolina. We want to see Duke. We want to see, you know, Virginia, see what they can do. Tennessee, they they should have lost. So, Gonzaga, Michigan, you got all these teams. That If all these teams win, that fucking weekend is going to be good. Gonzaga, Michigan, yes. Yes. Duke, Michigan State, yes. Kentucky, Carolina, yes. Virginia, Tennessee, I'll watch that. Virginia, Purdue. I mean, Carson Edwards put on – he scored 43 points. He almost outscored the, the entire Villanova squad in the second round there Saturday night. I'm watching. On Thursday afternoon, I'm watching that Virginia game. Oh, yeah, day you all over again. They yeah. were getting run out of the – it was a 28 to 14. It was. I'm yep. like, are you shitting me? Are you shitting me? This is going to happen again? Yep. It was unbelievable. Then finally, second half, I'm like, oh, but goddamn. Well, you knew, half like this. This is unbelievable. This is amazing. You, you, amazing. Knew, you knew when they were creeping into it and they were only down by six at the half, it was 36 to 30, that, okay, yeah, Virginia's finally settled in. They'll be fine. Um, and, and they ultimately did. I mean... You, you talk about the Cinderellas or the teams that, you know, the lower seeds that moved on. So Liberty, Oregon is not. Oregon is not a Cinderella. No. Right. I, I agree with that. You know, apart from Murray State, though, uh, getting ran out of the gym by Florida State, every 
all the other lower seeded teams, Liberty, UC Irvine, um, they they performed they performed very well. So, I I mean, because you can look at that seventy three fifty four win against or between Oregon and UC Irvine, but that. That, that, game was, that game was far closer. UC Irvine was down by 14 at one point. They go on a 16-0 run spanning the last part of the first half and into the, the second half. They eventually take the lead, and then Oregon said, "Yeah, nope, we're done with that. I think Oregon has a very good chance to take down Virginia. Um, that's probably – I mean, everything else is so close, but uh, – and that that really wouldn't, I guess, be that big of an upset. But uh, I think I think Virginia has to be very scared to Oregon. First one to fifty wins in that game, and then Michigan, Texas Tech. I'm going to say the first one to fifty wins in that one as well, because that's going to be a defensive struggle. You know what I would love to see? I would love to see a Final Four with four ACC teams. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Duke, uh, no, we don't want Florida State. I've got Florida. I have one big upset in this entire term. It's Florida State beating Gonzaga. I don't think it's going to happen now. They beat them last year pretty good. They did. Um, I mean, their offense beat the shit out of Murray State. And they're usually picking me not because their offense, because their defense. So, that's, that's a game I like. Florida State, I've got them winning that one. So, if I hit on that, probably do pretty well if I don't hit on that I'm not gonna do anything well so if uh, you want me to pour some uh, cold water on your um, your Florida State pick sure uh, one of their do you have them well, what, what no no I, I, have, get, I have Gonzaga winning um, one... I, I, I believe you're leading the entire thing right now yes I, I am I am with one it, it's going to some are going to fall down because you know I have like I have Purdue winning in a couple. I have uh, against well, Tennessee, um, you know I have Michigan advancing over Gonzaga. So so it's going to come down at some point. Florida State, one of their players is not going to play because uh, this is the the guy whose uh, uh, whose father passed away during the ACC tournament, I believe. Is it Kosser? I th- it might be. He's not uh, playing for that. He's not traveling with the team. To the Sweet Sixteen, uh, because of the the funeral arrangements. Uh, I'm, well, I'm, you, you better arrange the funerals around the game. Oh, it's bad to say, but Jesus Christ, bad to say. Father dying, terrible. Let, but goddamn, that was what two weeks ago. Let me let me make sure that that is the that is indeed what is going on here. I do know that. Well, I what s- that, and it's like, and it's a night nice game. It's like Jesus. I mean, I assume this kid, wherever it's at, Florida or wherever he's from, I assume they can make it to wherever they got to go by, whenever they got to be there. Yeah. You, you, you can do both. Again, travel. You can do both. You can go to your dad's funeral, yeah. and you can go to play basketball games the same day across the country. So that that sucks. But I I apologize. I want to set the record straight here. It was not the ACC tournament. Um, it was right after their game against Vermont. So that's a huge difference here. So, uh, so that that whole last minute of us, that, uh, apologies. But still, I mean, still, make that work. Make so that work. Phil, Phil Kofer is the guy. Uh, 
again, his father he learned of his father's death after Florida State beat Vermont. He is he's at home um, with the, so he will not be traveling for the next round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, let let me see here. Um, he was he was planning on playing. It sounds like he initially wanted to travel to Anaheim, but uh, changed his mind and is staying back with his uh, family. If uh, the, uh, the, the funeral the funeral is scheduled for Saturday, if Florida State advances past Gonzaga Thursday night, that Elite Eight game would be on Saturday, so he wouldn't make it for that. So he's going to be out the Sweet 16. So he can't play Thursday because his dad's funeral is two days late. Uh, yes, he had uh, he's averaging 7.4 points a game this year in 26 point, uh, just over 26 minutes. Uh, he's dealt with several injuries. Last year he led the Seminoles with uh, almost 13 points a game. So it is a, it is a significant impact uh, sure. But I don't know. I, I I shouldn't say significant impact. It is a an impact on Florida State, no doubt. I don't know exactly how significant of a loss it's going to be. But of course, the the big thing is he needs to be at home with his with his family. You know, mourning the loss. That's that's a terrible situation. Again, it was not after the ACC tournament. It was after the the game against Vermont. So I apologize for. For that uh, that misinformation early on, there uh, wanted to make sure we clarified that there. So again, I don't know how that's going to alter or change anything really, but uh, does the fact that Gonzaga struggled with Florida State last year as badly as they did is that what's giving people more thought that Florida State can take them down this year? Because um, this Gonzaga team is this Gonzaga team is far better than the one last year. I think people are forgetting that. Are they? Don't you yeah, think? yes, yeah. This, yeah. This, yeah, this is, yeah. this is not the team that made the national title game. Right. Um, yeah. I think Florida State, they made the Elite last year. They're pretty good. Um, they made it to the NCAA. They, they beat Virginia. They made it to, to the ACC title game. So, their team nobody ever talks about, but they've been, they've been good here for a while. So, like, I'm looking forward to every game. I, and usually this time of the year, I'm pretty much done with the tournament, but I like all these games. I like all these games. Yeah. Because I got teams, I got teams in all of them. Yep. And if Oregon beats Virginia, so be it. I fucking hate Virginia. But if Virginia wins, good. I got them in the final four. So. And you, you look at, you look at this thing, and like, you can make the case for almost any team to make the final four. That's good. I like think Virginia you, Tech, they beat Duke. They did. Like, Duke, Duke is exciting. They were talking the deal. But they're by no means unbeatable. They're by no means one of the great teams of all time. They've been beat many times, with and without the big kid. So it's, it's not like they're unbeatable. They goddamn should have lost on uh, Sunday. Virginia Tech did beat Duke when Zion Williamson was not playing, but it is also worth noting that uh, uh, Virginia, Justin, missed Virginia Tech didn't have Justin Robinson, and he has been a difference maker for them since coming back in the two games so far in the NCAA tournament. Um a lot of people have made a whole bunch of fuss about Tom Izzo yelling at uh, his freshman, uh, Henry. Um, is it Anthony Henry or Aaron Henry? Either way. Um, Leroy Ford. It was Leroy Ford. No, it's not. not I guarantee you it's not Leroy Ford. Uh, but a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, Tom Izzo yelling at him. Like, you got to do that. Every, 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 you know every, it, it's coaching. And you know what? 
It in it's the big you can't it amazes me how in all of these games apart from Kentucky Abilene Christian and Gonzaga Far uh, Fairly Dickinson every one of these even Michigan Montana all these other 116 and 215 games it took a while for the higher seed to like get into a comfortable zone and say like okay yeah we know we're playing better and I don't know if it's just that they're overlooking the 16 or 15 seeds and just saying yeah talent is ultimately going to win out but it's it's still if you catch a team on a bad night, and Michigan State knows perfectly well because they were upset by a 15 seed, Middle Tennessee State, a few years back. If you don't take these teams seriously, you are not going to advance. And I don't have any problem whatsoever with Tom Izzo telling uh, his freshman uh, player what you know, giving him a piece of his mind because if he doesn't play well. Michigan State has a chance of losing, and it's one and done. This is not, oh, we have another game left in the season. No, this is it. I have no problem at all with what he did. I don't have a problem either either with it. Um, one counterpoint that I saw that I found interesting, you know, Baylor, we hate Baylor because all the stuff that happened. Ooh. Ooh, Baylor. And, uh, and they won. That was disappointing. Um. Michigan State, they had to deal with, you know, with the athletic trainer and gymnastics. That was bad. But they yes. also had stuff with, uh, what was the last year with the basketball team? And they had some things, too, that were not good with the basketball team and alleged rapes and all of this stuff. And this sure. was bad. Like, there were rumors on that Tom Mizzle was going to get fired. Well, that didn't happen. So, I mean, Michigan State, not, not, a, not a savory team, not a team to root for at all uh, when it comes to that. So. They, um, they're on my shit list as well. I, I still like Tom Izzo, though. I, I don't. Fair enough. Like, all, all of these coaches are shady fuckers. All yeah, of these guys. They are. Um, Apparently, and, UNLV wants Rick Pitino. That's their big thing. UNLV <laughs> wants Rick Pitino. From Rick Pitino to TJ Otzelberger, my, how the, how the world turns. Um, yes. But you're absolutely right. You can make an argument for any one of these 16 teams why they'll make it to the Final Four. I mean, it's it's really remarkable. Uh, you know, if, if someone wants to ask, oh, why about Houston? Well, how about Corey Davis Jr.? The fact that Houston won, like, what, they lose only three games all year? I mean, they, they're a very, very good team. LSU has a lot of stud players, but then you can make a lot of arguments against them. Like LSU doesn't have a head coach. Houston doesn't have, uh, apart from Corey Davis, where, where's the level of competition that they've played this year? Yeah, you know, it just it hasn't been high. So you can you can look at that. Oregon, they're a 12 seed. Well, this is not your ordinary 12 seed. And by the way, did it not give you just in a? Oh, well, you picked Wisconsin, didn't you? Because you were like, I hate the Pac-12, yada yada. It gave me I an immense. Oh, it, it made an immense. Uh, it gave me an immense amount of pleasure seeing Oregon kick the shit out of Wisconsin. In a normal year, yes. But... Um. Either way, this was not. Any... I would say. I would say what we. Uh, what we kind of talked about a couple weeks ago. It was the bubble is shitty. So does that mean all of these bubble teams and these lower seeds are going to lose? That's exactly what happened. That's why we don't have any 7, 8, 10, 12 seeds. We don't have any of those teams in this thing. They're all done. Besides Oregon. 
So that kind of that was kind of what happened because all these other teams were shitty, and they all lost. So that's that's what happened. The teams that we that I had mentioned that could make a run, uh, Buffalo suffered an, an immense offensive drought. They were they were on the wrong end of a twenty nine to three run at one point against Texas Tech. It was just awful. Um, I said that they had the chance to make a run. I said Wofford had a chance to make a run. So I, I Wofford and UCF were the two teams that were very close to crashing the, 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 the top seed party. And we did see the upsets in the first round. But it all kind of played out and now we have it you know we have the top 12 seeds all in the NC uh, all in the sweet 16. You have a 12, you have a 5. I'm That's fine it. with that. You have a 12 and a 5. That's it. Yeah. Yep. So all, Auburn is the second highest team left. Auburn. The SEC champions are the second highest team left. If you want to break down the disparity in terms of uh or like break down how many uh, the, like the conference representation in the Sweet 16. The ACC has five teams. The SEC has uh, four teams, right? Four. Yeah. Yep. Four. The Big Ten has three. So as that we're at twelve. The Pac-12 has one. The AAC has one. The Big 12 has one, and the West Coast Conference has one. So. You're like, oh yeah, that doesn't include the mid majors. Well, the West Coast Conference technically is, even though Gonzaga's a ja- uh, a juggernaut. But overall, it's a pretty decent. Repre- no mid majors, right? But it's an overall pretty decent represent representation of the conferences in there. What what did I just say? What did we go through? Seven conferences representing the sixteen teams. Yeah. That's not that's not bad. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean you got you got the. Carolinas, Kentucky's, Dukes, the teams, the Michigans, the people. The Blue Bloods. Team, yeah, the Blue Bloods people care about. So I'm I'm, inter- I'm very much interested. The first couple rounds weren't great. Thursday was calm. Friday was goddamn nuts. Fan- what, uh, would there have been a better place than being in San Jose on Friday? That was good. That was the spot. I know Marcus and Chuck Kirk, they went to Des Moines. Uh, they saw their Minnesota team won. They're hard about that. Um, got to see Michigan State struggle for a half, and whatever the hell else they saw. Uh, Nevada uh, was poopy against Florida. That was a bad game, and they saw whatever else. So, I'm sure they had a good time. Michigan but, beat uh, Montana, and then Michigan beat Florida. Michigan State kicked the crap out of Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota won. I'm sure that's all they care about. But very much looking forward to the rest of the tournament. And uh, I because you see the same commercials all the time. Because there's not many commercials on these games. Um, the one with the announcer guy is good enough to give you a chuckle every now and then. You see the same three ones all the time, but they're good enough. The Charles Barkley ones are good. Yes. So, commercials. There, there hasn't been that one annoying commercial. Have you heard of this Coke uh, Orange Vanilla? Oh, is there? I hear it's now uh, they, if they, that it wanted to be the official drink of. Uh, uh, the TV timeout, and now it is. It probably is. I saw one tweet um, that they enjoyed Coca-Cola's original flavor better, the original flavor, of course, being chemicals instead of orange vanilla. <laughs> um, but it has worked. I have bought, uh, there was a deal at the, at the gas good? station, uh, two for three fifty. I got one Coke Zero, and I got one 
like the straight up flavor. I have not tried them yet. I will have the one for sure Thursday night because why not enjoy it during the TV timeouts? Uh, the, the Coke Zero one I will attempt to drink here in the next day or two. But um, what Arnold? Yeah, you, you're aware of this, I'm sure. You've been in the stores. Uh, there are so many now flavors of M and M's. So yes. many M and M's. This is just what recently in the last year, whenever this has happened. Well, the last you one know, that had, was like a major one was the caramel one. Like, you know, they had the normal ones, your peanut and crispy, they brought those back and like your caramel. Like, okay. And then the, no, you then got, like, the pretzel. Mints, mint, you know, pretzels and the mints, and they got jalapeno, and they all of these jalapeno. fucking flavors. I've, I've not heard of jalapeno. Yeah. I know about the almond one. You have all of them, and gee, just to saturate in the market with all of these flavors, so many flavors stacking. That's one thing we're not short on in this country is flavors of shit. We got every flavor you could ever fucking want do you, of anything. Do you like the B-dubs commercials? They're fine. I don't even know what... I don't like them. I, 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 I prefer the ones last year, you know, like where the... Where the guy is sitting at a table with somebody, yeah, 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 we're cheering, and then he leaves. Like talk to you later, and then the wife comes in and says, "Who is that?" You're, oh, that guy. I don't know. Uh, I like that one. Or like a, you know, the the Kentucky guy saying he's from Wisconsin. And I've made a new best friend, and uh, he's he's calling his wife and whatnot, and he says, "Oh, I'd love to. I I miss you, but I really want to. But I really am having a great time here, and I want to stay forever." Bye. Uh, those commercial commercials were good. B Dubs lacking in the commercial department this year. Okay. Um, it's, it's, been, it's been a solid trip. Solid. Unspectacular, yeah. but solid. Hopefully, hopefully the best is to come. Right. Even even the first four games, were they were of high quality. I did, I did not. I did not watch. Did you not? Wow. You didn't watch any true TV? Uh, you don't know what's going on? Apparently, Tacoma FD, from the, the couple of the stars from the Super Trooper movies... That they're, they always, it's always good to check in on True TV every year, see what's going on there. So, it's always good. When, when we reconvene, when we talk next week, and we are, I will be sending you uh, the, the schedule that they have for all these events so we can plan our trip uh, coming up here in a couple weeks. But when we talk next week, and we will be super excited about being in Minneapolis in less than two weeks. Two weeks from tonight, we will be devastated that uh, the Final Four is over and our uh, trip or ex- our experience is done. But, um, well, we won't be devastated. We'll be like, that was a hell of a trip. That was fun. You know what, you know what happens uh, the Sunday between the games? You know what happens that night? Uh, the Women's Championship. You know what else happens that night? Uh, Cubs, Cardinals on ESPN. You're going to make me watch some baseball? Uh, WrestleMania happens that night. <sighs> wow. The, the, the disgust in your voice could be heard from 300 <laughs> miles away. 300 miles away. Is, is that why Conor McGregor retired, so he can do WWE? <laughs> Apparently there's some uh, sexual assault allegation, so maybe that had something to do with that. And of course he will fight again. So this is only his second retirement. So, uh, He's a piece of oh, shit. I, 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 I will celebrate the day when he is officially done. I look forward to his third time in a few years. Uh, what the hell? Oh, so that, now I remember what I was going to say. What will be the four teams in the final four when we talk next week? Well, team I've got, team I'm going to stick with, team I think are going to be there, North Carolina versus 
Virginia and Duke versus Michigan. That's who I picked. That's what I think is going to happen. I will, I will stick with three of my four teams. I will say Duke and Gonzaga and UNC. The other one, I'm going to go Purdue right now. Carson Edwards is finally all, shot. All the regions, that's the one region. The South region is the biggest goddamn mess. I Any think, of those teams can win. <laughs> okay, all these regions are going to have good games. What region has the best games? Sweet 16 and a potential Elite Eight. What region is who's Michigan play? Michigan plays Texas Tech, and then they would play Gonzaga. For, that's the way. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good. I like that. Texas Tech can score a bunch. Gonzaga is really good. Florida State's defense is very good. See, and I would say the South only because Purdue, Tennessee, I think could be has the makings to be a, a, a classic. And we could see an or an upset Oregon over Virginia, and the, just the mere fact that you could see a 12 seed in the Final Four is very appealing to me. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't want to watch like Oregon Tennessee or Oregon Purdue. I mean, that, that's, that's fine, but that that does nothing for me. Sure. Fair enough. Like Oregon, Oregon Purdue, like fantastic. Play play this game. Go ahead. That'd be great. Um. I, see. I guess we'll do a baseball preview next week if you're okay oh, with that. Oh, um, my God. Uh, do you have any any uh, intriguing insight as the as we begin today? And you know what? The Twins are playing at home uh, this weekend. A lot of people have criticized that, but I think it's supposed to be like mid-50s on uh, opening day. That's not bad for Twins baseball in March, given the winter we've had. Might be 40 this weekend, perfectly fine. They'll be in Kansas City next week. Play, I think, the Mets, Phillies right away. So, weather should be fine. Weather's been fine here for a couple weeks. So, weather's good now. Baseball, very excited. We're two days away from the season starting. It's very exciting. Your drafts went well, I assume? Yeah, we got three drafts in. Um, They're all done. Uh, My last draft, really like my team. Like like all three of my teams. Well, it'll be exciting there's one team that I probably shit talked a little bit that um, they're not making the playoffs or anything, but San Diego. I looked into yes, I do like San Diego more than probably I than I did a couple weeks ago. I mean, they've got so many guys coming up. I don't know what they're going to do with all of these guys. Um, they're just so many. They got to trade somebody. They got to do something. Eric Hosmer is, is dumb. I'll say this forever. Stupid to sign him, especially now that I know what the hell they have coming up. There's no reason to sign him. He's, he's not a good player. A lot of money, that was a waste. They signed Machado. Machado, by all, all means, a great player. A lot of money, but whatever. He's good. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr., he's going to start with him. He's like 19, 20 years old. He's Number two prospect in baseball, so he's going to be their starting shortstop. So that's exciting. Uh, they got a couple of pitchers that I like. So I, I like San Diego more than say, like the White Sox who are who are rebuilding. I like I like San Diego. They got so many pieces. Like if they were to trade for like Corey Kluber, that would be good. They need to trade what uh, uh, they need to trade a bunch of these dudes. 
for somebody. Uh, I do think San Diego is the dark horse to win the NL West. I would say it's probably the Rockies right now. I am I'm selling hard on the Dodgers because of the Clayton Kershaw injury. I get that they have uh, Bueller, but um, he's the next guy. But uh, I I think that that just and even with the trades in the offseason, try and shed some uh, some salary there. I do think that's that's ultimately something that could come back to haunt. The Dodgers, so I, I do like the Padres as well, but I think, you know, okay, we'll get into the big preview next week. I, I, my, my, I'll give them a few picks here. I okay. think the Twins are winning the division. I think the Twins are winning the division. That's uh, a bold prediction considering Miguel Sano's out until May. Well, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Bucks and, I mean, Buxton has to do something here. Buxton has to do something. Yep. I think the pitching staff will be improved. I think they're. Uh, I think Tampa Bay's making the wild card. I don't think they're winning it. I think Tampa Bay's making the wild card. I like. I always like Trout to win the MVP, but not counting not counting him. I'll take a dark horse. Uh, Matt Chapman, third baseman for Oakland. Um, I like Trevor Bauer, Cleveland to win the Cy Young, Scherzer to win the National League. I like Freddie Freeman. In the MVP, and I like Goldschmidt to be second. Oh, very good, very good. Um, full full preview, uh, full picks, World Series picks, everything next week, uh, along with previewing the Final Four. Uh, also, I don't know if Marcus has given it to you, but today he completed the uh, the deal. MLB picks. Oh my gosh! I, that like. He, Need, I need a little more heads up than that. Uh, come on, Marcus. What, what was he doing? In, what was he doing in Des Moines on on Friday that he couldn't get this done? Does Tyson have a factory? Did Tyson have a factory in Sioux City? Maybe. Oh yeah, Tyson. That's that's true. That's true. Maybe um, we went to visit Western Illinois. Yeah. Campus visit. Is he? Is he? He's not making the trip to Portland, is he? Nope. It kind of looked at it, say, well, it'll be 23 hours to drive. It's not cheap to fly there. Mitchell, uh, the Mitchell Daily Republic needs to cover Macy Miller in the Sweet 16 in all her glory. They need to fly him out there. Or maybe Corn can fly you out. Will, will Corn fly you out there? No, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, we, I mean, we're broadcasting the games. That's, you know, 1030 for us. So that's, that's interesting. Have fun with that one. Have fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else before we say so long? That should about do it, I think. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I'd like to say I will get you a uh, picture of this uh, schedule here. We can pick out what we want to do, make our plans. One more, one more thing. Yeah. Who do I hate the most out of anybody? Um, you, you can give me his initials if you wish. DT. Huh? DT. DT. Who's that? D is in David. David who? No. Do you hate Lavar Ball? I hate Lavar Ball. You talk about him. David. No. Who do I hate the most? Don. The Don. The Don. Who the hell? Oh, do you I, I do hate him the most. As far as. He, who do I hate second most? Not. Um. Who, who do I think is worthless and has no redeeming qualities? 
that's a very wide pick. You you have a lot of people who I think that could cover. Um, give me the spoiler. Well, let's say let's say somebody uh, would go to a game in Nebraska. Uh, and, and uh, Nate Weck, obviously, I hate Nate Weck. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so, so he, he has a tweet here. He has a tweet at noon today with all the rumors surrounding SCSU men's basketball coach T.J. Alfelberger. This is pretty telling. And he has a picture from Applebee's, and of course he searched the Alfelberger at Applebee's. And he says no results found at Applebee's hashtag Alzelberger. So he's cracked the code. Obviously, Alzelberger is out. Because the Alzelberger, are you aware of the Alzelberger? Yes, I, I was aware of the Alzelberger. So that is no longer there at Applebee's. So he cracked the code. Well, somebody just uh, tweeted at him and said, the promotion only ran as long as the season. So that's why it's no longer available. But the season's over. Did that, that, hence why I think hence why I hate this person. Think he's worthless. <laughs> oh, that just you know what? That makes Christian ponder smile somewhere. He cracked the code, Stacking. He cracked the code. I don't even know how to respond to that. That's code. That's gold. Code. <laughs> the code is that he's an idiot. That's the code. <laughs> dumb shit. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Oh. Alphaberg is no longer there. Yeah. So, maybe like... We, we end the show with the way we started it. All right. Uh, very good, my friend. Enjoy the start of the baseball season. Enjoy the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight. Uh, go Jackson. We'll talk to you next week. It's very good time. We'll see you next week. Sounds good. Travis Grins joining us here. Uh, fantastic, as always, here on the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, NCAA tournament full force, and of course we are uh, keeping our eye on, of course, this T.J. Otzelberger situation. Maybe next week we'll uh, know if SDSU has a new uh, men's basketball head coach. If not, uh, we'll be uh, talking about that, and also hopefully talk about the women making an elite eight run, final four in Tampa. Is it possible? It's possible. Likely, probably not. But first Sweet Sixteen. Uh, appearance in program history so that's fantastic congratulations again to them and best of luck in portland again you can see the game 10 o'clock they say is the tip off on espn2 that's 10 p.m central time uh they will be playing oregon on espn2 but more than likely it'll be a half hour after the end of the first game between mississippi state and uh the, the hell they play it doesn't matter um uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Mississippi State, um, either way, 10, 10.30, ESPN2, uh, cheer the Jacks on Friday night, and hopefully they'll be playing again on Sunday. So with all that being said, this has been uh, another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. You can find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Also follow me on Twitter, at NDStacken, Facebook, Nathan Stacken. If you want to follow Travis, at Travis Crins on Twitter. I have a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week as always at some point we will do an sdsu podcast probably after the season ends hopefully that won't be for another couple of weeks and uh, of course with the head coaching news too uh we'll try and get matt zimmer on there and plenty of nfl draft talk coming up here after the final four we'll get uh, of course our our friend jeff lloyd ii from the lockdown browns podcast 
to preview the NFL draft with us. And uh, so that'll be a great time. We'll try and get Marcus on to preview the hockey play, the NHL playoffs, even though the Wild won't be in there. So who the hell cares? Uh, I care still. It's hockey. Damn it. It's, uh, it's a good sport. But right now, final uh, it's the NCAA tournament. It's the Jackrabbits in the Sweet 16 on the women's side. Uh, fantastic as always. So hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. And as always, uh, we'll end this edition. Well, we won't. We don't always do this on this edition, but on the SDSU edition, we end with a Go Big, Go Blue, Go Jacks. We'll do that here this this week as well. Go Big, Go Blue, Go Jacks. Go win in Portland. Go beat Oregon. We'll talk to you next week here. Full baseball preview. Final Four preview. Jackrabbit talk. See what else happens here. On the next edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week.